what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show experiment number two on assignment yep if you're just joining us what we did is we took two movies uh and assigned them to the other person mm-hmm. i chose a movie for you to watch Corey, and yep. Corey chose a movie for me to watch mm-hmm. and today we'll be talking about them yes all the juicy goodness yeah i'm Really excited. I'm really excited to hear what you thought. Yeah, this was a really <laughs> fun experiment for us to do. Yeah. Um, but before that, have you been watching anything this week? I, again, have not really had a cinema-filled um, week. So, I mean, like, this was kind of, like, the highlight. Um, so, most of what I have to say is about Speed Racer, so... I understand. I also have that. So, I was thinking, I kind of anticipated that being yes. the case. Um, I was thinking we could do maybe a top five from last year. Um, yes. We're kind of in the heart of Oscar season right now, and, and um, you know, all the lists are coming out. And yeah. I try to do a top ten every year. I don't know if there were quite ten movies I could coalesce into a top ten from last year. Like, yeah. That I truly, truly loved, but... And are we saying, like, top five as in the best films or the films that... I liked the most. Um, I would say it's the films you liked the most. Like okay. the movie that you were like, man, I think that was the best movie I've seen in a while. Like, yeah. It, personal opinion. Well, like I had fun with it. Not like maybe it would be like, oh yeah, that was like, it should win an Oscar. Because yeah. I feel like those yeah. would be slightly different yeah, lists for yeah. me. I have a little <clears throat> bit more lineup with like where the Oscar nominations are on yeah. that. But I, it's also personal enjoyment. Out yeah, of yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, you're like top five personal enjoyment <clears throat> yeah. movies of the year. So um, I don't know. I, I know I kind of sprung this on you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm like, I might have to. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. Just grab like an overview of everything. Is like everything that came out in 2015. For sure. Um, some honorable mentions. And when I say honorable mentions, this is stuff that's probably actually in my top 10. But since we're doing the top five. Yeah. Uh, likely won't be. Um, Ant-Man yes. is an honorable mention. I really, really, really enjoyed that movie a lot. Man, I liked that movie. Um, Sicario. Really? Yeah, Sicario, like I said, I, I it's in my top ten. It's probably number ten because I feel like I have to put it in there even though I didn't necessarily enjoy <laughs> the experience I had with that movie. Yeah. I felt like that was the point. Um, so do you have any honorable mentions that you had from last year? I think you have an honorable mention that you left out. Was it Jurassic World? Yeah, I, I think uh, <clears throat> I think that needs to be noted. No, thank you. <laughs> it was an honorable mention for how much you... Uh, there was a lot of emotion that you felt when you saw that film. Yeah, so that's that... number one on my bottom <laughs> bottom five of the year. Most hated, right? Most hated, followed closely by... By Terminator Genesis. Terminator Genesis, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, well, now that I've... I just kind of like glanced over a list because sometimes 
it blurs in my mind. It's like, oh yeah, I guess that did come out in 2015. Yeah. There's some very clear ones that I'm like, okay, that's going on a list. But then there's other ones that I'm like, oh yeah, I did like that. So, I was going to say, you should start. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. My number five is Bridge of Spies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tom Hanks and Spielberg. Yeah. It's such a, I mean... It's like it's a winning always, combination. Yeah, it's always a powerhouse. I love every single movie that those guys have done together. I think Spielberg is in a super interesting place in his career yeah. where he's doing these sort of 50s and 40s style like moral talky movies. Mm-hmm. And I think Tom Hanks is kind of the perfect person to slip into that era of Spielberg because yeah. he feels so much like a modern day Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And that's exactly what Jimmy Stewart did was make those sort of like really like dialogue heavy moral center movies. Mm-hmm. And so combine that with the talents of Spielberg behind the camera. Like, yeah. All the camera movement in that movie is so purposeful. Yeah. And just incredible. And, they, you know, it's it's not an action movie, but there's one mm-hmm. big action beat in it, which is the <clears throat> the plane crash that leads to mm-hmm. uh, the American spy <clears throat> getting captured by, by Russia. And that sequence is so, I mean, so good. The yeah. guy's just, he's, he's just better than everyone all the time at this stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, number five for me is Bridge of Spies. Sweet. Um, I think for me, um, and like I said, like refreshing myself, like looking at this list. Because um, I, I have a very clear, probably like, you know, my favorite top three. But I'd probably say like number five um and, you know, this is, of like, of the movies I saw. Because I saw a fair amount of them. I didn't see all of them. But I'd probably say number five for me um, would be uh, Mission Impossible 5. Okay. Uh, so, I just... I was really surprised by it. And, you know, it's like I'm not, like, a super diehard... Uh, no pun intended, diehard Mission Impossible, whatever. But, <laughs> I, you know, it's like, who? what movie is he talking about? But um, I'm not, like... I don't know a huge fan of Mission Impossible, but Mm. I just was, I was pleasantly surprised that I thought, like, the same, a very close level of, like, the same quality that, like, was in Ghost Protocol was in this film, Mm -hmm. and that was nice. I like the team aspect of, like, it's not, like, it's like, yeah, it's primarily Tom Hanks, but, like... Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Sorry, we're just... Your Tom Hanks is in my mind, and I'm just like, Tom (laughs) Hanks You got your Tom Hanks and my Tom Cruise. You got your Tom Cruise and my Tom Hanks. Ah. Tom Hanks is so good. He is. He's, he's better than Tom Cruise. Sorry, people who love Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. But I love Tom Cruise. So I, I take Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is. I mean, he's the better actor. But yeah, but um, but yeah, but Tom Cruise. It's great to see the movie, like you know, and Tom Cruise is like the main action star. But it's kind of nice to see the wealth spread out with some of the other characters. And I just think it had a couple really good action sequences, yeah, it did. like that first opening, like. Uh, Whatever, like the whole plane thing. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really sweet. It was sweet, and that wasn't even the best action scene in the movie. No, for me. no. For me, it was <laughs> that scene in the opera. Yeah, yeah, oh, that man. was done really well. I loved that sequence so much. So there was just things like that where I was just kind of like surprised that that level of quality came to it, and I was like, "Sweet, that's awesome. I like that. Let's yeah. see another one." Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes when I feel like when you get to like four or five, things kind of start to burn out, you know. You know, I mentioned Die Hard, but, you know... Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. I still haven't seen a lot of those films, so I need to. You need to. Like, I haven't seen Furious 7. It's not going to be on my 
lists. Oh man, Furious Seven. So speaking of Furious Seven, is that your uh, number four? No, it's it wasn't oh. in my top ten for the year, more than likely. But oh. uh, I mean, of like just, enjoyment. Yeah, <clears throat> I really enjoyed it, but it's not. You know, the big thing with that movie is it's a movie that I'm go. You have to watch with number six. Yeah, you have to have seen six to really understand seven. Mm-hmm. I would argue you really have to watch five, six, and seven to really understand seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of dinged it for me was, yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't stand up on its own the way, like I could just put on fast five and yeah, it's a great movie, but seven, like you really have to get the characters mm-hmm. or else you're going to be like, this is kind of dumb and cheesy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's why like Furious seven didn't really crack it for me. Oh, but okay. Anyway, my number four is a movie. One of the few movies I got to revisit this year, Man from Uncle. Oh Yes. I love that movie so much. You've talked a lot about it. I have talked a lot about it. It was, you know, um, 2015 was the year of the spy yep. with Kingsman, Mission Impossible, Spectre, and Man from Uncle mm-hmm. coming out. And I really feel like Man <laughs> from Uncle got completely lost in the conversation. Yeah. But it was, for my money, it was the best out of the four that came, or five that came out last year. Yeah. And I thought, I, I love that movie so much. Um, Guy Ritchie is a guy that I'm hot and cold <clears throat> on. I don't necessarily love him. I don't necessarily hate him. But when I love <clears throat> him, I love him. When I hate him, I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really liked his sensibilities with this movie. I thought Henry Cavill, who was a guy that I had completely written off yeah. as Superman, was <laughs> a terrible Superman. I thought he was so like charming and cool in this movie. I thought Army Hammer was great, but I usually think he's great, even though he's made some like kind of bad choices, like yes. Lone Ranger. Yep. I like him in that movie. <laughs> I, I think I think there's actually a good movie in Lone Ranger. In Lone Ranger, it's just confused. It doesn't know what it is. Yes, exactly. And it's too long. Like there's a lot of fat on the movie. There's a lot of scenes that are like super tonally jarring. Yeah. Like the slaughtering of like the Indians with the machine gun in that one sequence where it's like. What is going on? Followed up immediately by like a joke about a horse stuck in a tree. Yeah. So weird. But I for, I <laughs> thought Army Hammer did a really good job in that movie, actually. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Depp was weird as usual. And, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I liked Army Hammer in that movie. Yeah. I liked him as the Winklevoss twins in mm-hmm. uh, Social Network, even though I don't really like that movie that much. I, I, I like that Army Hammer guy. Yeah. And then, Alicia Vikander, who's had kind of a huge year with Ex Machina and mm-hmm. a couple other things she was in. Um, she's great in it. Just the dynamic mm-hmm. of that trio is really good. Hugh Grant is awesome in that movie. Who, That's a man <laughs> that I am so rooting for to have one of these like late career comebacks like Michael Keaton is having. Because yeah. I feel like he's got it in him. Like If he chooses the right role or yeah. like, if Tarantino puts him in his next movie or something. He's really good. He is. <clears throat> I, I feel like I almost need to go back and revisit some older Hugh Grant <clears throat> movies. Because I think I may have written that guy off way sooner than I should have. Because oh. <laughs> I really like the movie About a Boy. Yeah. I think he's awesome in that movie. I thought he was awesome in Cloud Atlas. I thought he was awesome in Man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I really think he's got like this like huge comeback in him. I think he has an Oscar performance in him somewhere. Wow. Yep. I put Hugh Grant in <laughs> more things, you guys. That's More like, Hugh Grant. More Hugh Grant. MJ in, like, Smith. No. <laughs> in, in non-romantic comedy roles. Yeah. I want to see Hugh Grant. I've mainly seen him in romantic stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, um, so, like, we were talking about, like, I was clarifying, like, is, are these the best films of 2015? Or, like, they're the ones, personally, that I've enjoyed. So, some of this is negligible. So, number four, 
I'm gonna say uh, Star Wars. Um, it okay. was one that I really looked forward to, and if you've been a listener, you know that we talked at length um, <laughs> about so much about Star Wars. It was like a Star Wars hangover, but it's great. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a great time. It was a good time at the movies. Um, I know it was a good time when you revisited yeah, Star Wars yeah, it again. Yeah, actually, it did crack my top ten. It's probably number nine or number eight. I mean, like, and, and that's why I had the caveat of, like, I don't think it's, like, a groundbreaking film, really, in any, like, way, but it was just fun, and the characters were good, and I enjoyed it. So that's my number four. Nice. Uh, my number three is actually probably a movie that, most people are going to be surprised to hear it's number three, but it's Mad Max oh. Fury Road. <clears throat> I think. Surprised people... because we think it was going to be higher? Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought it would be my number one or number two. Yeah. But the way I see it, like, three, two, and one are kind of interchangeable for me. Yeah. Well, maybe three and two are kind of interchangeable for me because I really loved my number one a lot. But three is Mad Max. I just thought it was a great time at the movies. I thought it was yeah. a super well done action film. It's relentless as far yeah. as like, just ne- it just never lets it doesn't up, stop. Man. Which it, like, <laughs> I think is this really cool like way it uses the pacing to kind of undercut the like the it, it uses the pacing to its advantage to characterize mm-hmm. the world because like the world mm-hmm. is very fast paced and crazy in that universe. Yeah, and the situation they're in is very like fast paced. Like because it's all th- it's just three car chases with like ten minutes of dialogue in between them. Yeah, and. Uh, I think that having it paced so crazy and having it look so kinetic, like, even lends itself to that. I think it's a mm-hmm. movie where everything serves a bigger purpose. Yeah. And I really like that. Um, and so I think that makes it, like, a very singular vision yeah. from George Miller, and that's really cool. I don't think I don't think we get a lot of movies that are, like, a singular vision mm-hmm. anymore. Um, you know, it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me... This is a weird comparison to make especially in the year a Star Wars movie came out, but it kind of reminded me of, like, original Star Wars, where, like, Lucas is all over that screen. Like, you look at that movie... Yeah, it was his focus of... you look at A New Hope, and you totally get who George Lucas is. Yeah. And that's how I feel about George Miller Mm -hmm. in in Mad Max Fury Road. I look at that movie, and I totally... I feel like I totally understand George Miller as a person. Yeah. And I I feel like we haven't really had that in a long time, and I like that. Mm -hmm. So, number three is Mad Max Fury Road. Awesome. Um... So the top three are probably ones that, kind of like what you said, they might be somewhat interchangeable. I think number one is number one overall for me. Um, but So number three is going to be Ant-Man. Okay. Um, I was I was surprised at how much I like this movie. So good. Um, it is really good. Um, great supporting cast. Um, Paul Rudd's awesome in it. Um, Michael Douglas, oh, sweet. Um yeah, and I was kind of surprised, um, you know, obviously Ant-Man's like a lesser known IP of Marvel, and I know they've kind of been trying to branch out, but the reason I was surprised is like Age of Ultron like greatly let me down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we talked about like I could have a podcast, Corey fixes Age of Ultron, but right, I mean, yeah. yeah, I just feel like Age of Ultron like just, I don't know, it just failed me in a lot of ways, and it was just like so overhyped, and it was... So it just didn't live up to it. And so I was just kind of like, I know like Marvel was kind of putting all their eggs in that basket. And so I was just like, didn't Ant-Man just get the leftovers or like, 
is it just gonna kind of be like cutting room floor stuff and just what it was able to accomplish and just like the more kind of like small pun intended you know really <laughs> like focused yeah like plot it just really helped it and yeah. i really loved it and like i think it is you know heist movies are really great i love heist movies you know i know you do too um and i just think like the the genre kind of like oh marvel takes on a heist movie and just the small scale of it just really helped the film overall so yeah number three is ant-man for me sweet um number two for me is the martian Ooh. which it's funny that i say number three (laughs) is a really good movie because of how singular of a vision it is yeah number two is a great movie because of how collaborative it is Mm -hmm. um Ridley Scott has proven a director that needs some rain <laughs> yes. from time to time. And I think this is a movie where he was reined in. But I don't, I don't mean that in necessarily a bad way. I think he was just, he had other people handling some of the stuff he's weaker at. So he could really play to his strengths in this yes. movie. And so you see that collaboration on screen. I think it's an all-timer performance from Matt yes, Damon. Yes, yes, yes. He's so good in this movie. Yeah, he is. He's my he's my pick for best actor at the Oscars this year. Yep. I know Leo's getting a lot of awards attention, but man, I think it, I think I think Damon earns that. Yeah, Oscar. he did such a great job. He's so good in this movie. The movie is like really funny and yeah. not necessarily best Golden Globe for comedy. Yeah, <laughs> um, funny, but it's it's really fun and lighthearted and. You know, this, but at the same time, the stakes feel really high. Yeah. And they feel really organic and realistic. The characters interact in really, um, really good ways. Like, yeah. the, the characters just feel like they could exist. Yes. Everything about this movie feels like it could happen. Yeah. And it's so good. I, I just think it's, it's such a fun movie and so, um, so triumphant like yeah I, like every moment of this movie is earned like you you really feel his victories you really mm-hmm. feel his defeats yeah you know i got missy in the theater when he's like going home you know and yeah he's just like he starts crying in the in the vessel right before yeah he, he takes finally off. gets to grab her hand in yeah. that sequence yeah man i i enjoyed every second of that movie and you know i mentioned when we did the podcast on it a movie that snuck in an extra half hour yeah, on me. Yeah. I could not believe that that happened. I feel like by default it gets a spot on my top ten for that. It's just so happy to be a great movie. But yeah. I'm such like I'm so knowledgeable about the runtimes on these things. And yeah. I just for some reason didn't know the runtime on The Martian going in. And so when we came out, I was like, oh, that was a clean two hours. And then it was two and a half hours. Yep. And I was like, where'd that extra half hour like, come from? What? I could not believe that. Yeah. So yeah, The Martian is number two for me. That's awesome. Um, well, The Martian is on my list, um, but it is not number two. Really? My, yeah. My number two is actually uh, Inside Out. That is not where I thought that was going on your list. Really? I thought that was going to be your number one. Nope. Um, man, like I said, like they could kind of be interchangeable, but I think The Martian beats it out. Um, but Inside Out, man, um, if you guys listen to the Pixar podcast... Um, where we we talked about all the Pixar films. Um, we spent quite a bit of time on Inside Out, and it was just... It was such an amazing film. I mean, like, my wife and I went to go see it, kind of on, like, the offhand, because, you know, Pixar does that thing where it's like, they cut their trailers kind of weird, so it's like, oh, this movie is gonna suck. And then, 
or it's just like I don't have any interest in it and that's how I felt about Inside Out and so I just went in there and I just like man it was like an emotional rush and it's just like I got gut punched like I was totally not expecting that type of movie and I just think like it mainly comes down to how they were able to depict the human mind I just think it's done so masterfully and that they got like psychologists to consult on it and just is so such attention to detail of like okay she's experiencing all this change and how will that affect her emotionally and she's kind of slipping into like a depression so she like loses the ability to feel like joy and sadness and she needs to feel sadness and then like you know how she responds to her parents it's like you know just even little things like oh disgust is like oh I'll just try to act like joy and it's like just this things like that it's just the movie is so well done and I just felt like it was a return to form for Pixar mm -hmm. after the, the previous couple movies they'd done had just been like, okay, Monsters, University, which is just kind of like, meh, and I think Brave before that, yeah. that were just really like... And Cars 2. Yeah, and Cars 2. So <laughs> it was just kind of all this mass stuff, and we just really got to see them like flex their muscles again. You know, yeah. like the, the characters were all so well cast, all the, the stuff with the mind, you know, bing bong, like this... It was just so good. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. I've seen it probably three or four times now. Yeah. It's so good. We got it on DVD, like, right when it came out. Like, yeah. Man. I'm so surprised it's not your number one. Really? Movie. Yeah. I thought for sure. I was like, oh, Corey's number one is definitely... Like, you asked me my top that. five. My first three, like, came immediately to mind, and mm. I was just like, what else did I see? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess I guess I like Mission Impossible enough to... <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting, especially with Pixar doing this two movies a year release yeah. now. I don't know how I feel about that, because Good Dinosaur was certainly not it, as good. It didn't make my top ten. <laughs> no, no, it did not. Like, I almost forgot that movie. You're like, oh, that stuff. happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Inside Out was good. I think I liked it a little bit less than you did, but mm -hmm. I feel like I need to see it again. Yeah, too. I think... I liked it, um, and I thought there were really good things in it. Yeah. And I liked the world building. Yeah. I thought they built such a brilliant world. Yeah, they did. Movie. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, the scene in Abstract Thought is one of the best scenes yeah. in any movie <laughs> this year, I felt like. Um, just, oh, like just all the stuff like how her mind works and her age in relation to, like, child development of, like, the mind and stuff. It's just, like, amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Cool. Yeah. So, number one, I've mentioned on the podcast before and is coming as hopefully no surprise to anyone who's a regular listener, but number one is Creed. Mm -hmm. Like, f head and shoulders above even the other two in my top three, man. Yeah. Creed is so good. And it, it, I'm a fan of the Rocky movies. I'm not yeah. a f crazy obsessed fan <laughs> about them, but I, I like those movies a lot. Yeah. And I think Sylvester Stallone is a guy who doesn't get enough credit in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I think he is much smarter than people give him credit for. Yeah. And uh, I think he chooses to do movies that he likes rather than necessarily movies he's capable of doing in the sense that mm -hmm. he's like, I like big, dumb, stupid action movies. Expendable. He's, yeah, and he's like, he does the Expendables, and it's like, that's cool, that's what you like doing. That's yeah. fine if that's what you like doing. I know you're smarter than that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, like I said, that's fine. I like uh, the first two Expendables movies. Yeah. 
I haven't seen the third one. I thought the second one was actually a really good movie. <laughs> They're pretty fun. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the third one yet, but... And, and Stallone does his best work as one of two characters, and that's Rocky and John Rambo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rocky kind of has a reputation for being the undying franchise, even though it probably should have died a long time ago. Yes. And... When I found out they were going to do Creed and that it was a, a continuation of the Rocky saga, but with Apollo Creed's son taking mm-hmm. up the, the mantle of boxer, my initial reaction was like, oh man, they're going to keep Rocky going. But <laughs> then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense, actually. Like That feels like a very organic way to keep that franchise yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw the first trailer for Creed, and I, it was the best trailer I saw all last year. Mm-hmm. Like, Star Wars trailers, be damned. I thought, <laughs> I thought the Creed trailer was so good, and the, like it did this thing that I didn't know I loved until I saw it. Yeah. Because I don't remember ever seeing it, but they matched up like his punches with the beat of the music one time, yeah. and I was like, that was amazing! And this new Suicide Squad, Squad trailer did yeah. that with the Bohemian Rhapsody and the yeah. shells hitting the ground, and it works just as well for me yeah. in that, too. I was like, oh man, that's like my new favorite tro- trailer thing. Like, yeah. Let's get rid of, like, <laughs> bwam, and put more, like... Yeah. sound effects timed to the music yeah that's pretty sweet and, and i'm down <laughs> and i was like man i really think creed's gonna be really really good and i saw it and man did it live up to my expectations it's so good and i think criminally written off like mm-hmm. I, so many of my conversations about that movie were like oh man creed's amazing and people are like oh, rocky and it's like no it's not rocky's story <laughs> anymore man it's creed's story and you know, not to get on that that hashtag Oscar so white soapbox necessarily, but my favorite piece of art came from a black director this year. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite performances came from a black actor this year. Yeah. One of my favorite supporting actress performances came from a black actress this year. Like, there is something kind of wrong with the fact that yeah. what is, I consider, almost inarguably the best movie of the year. <laughs> um not getting awards attention. Um, you know, I haven't seen Straight Outta Compton, so I can't speak no, to that. No, I, I haven't either. I haven't seen Concussion, but it looks like it completely deserved to not be nominated. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, but Creed, like, Ryan Coogler got screwed. Ryan Coogler and Aaron Kevin Pin got screwed on the yeah. um, uh, screenplay. Michael B. Jordan got robbed of a Best Actor nomination. Yeah. I don't know the actress's name, but whoever plays Bianca got robbed out of a, a Best Supporting Actress. I don't necessarily know if that's, like, a racial thing or what. Like, you know, I, I see a lot of people going, oh, well, a lot of people who are not on board with this Oscar so white thing mm-hmm. talking about like oh well I'm glad that you know the Oscars aren't being super PC and they're voting only on merit and it's like well if that's the case they did a bad job still yeah because that movie is like is full of smart choices mm-hmm. it's full of so like such smart visual storytelling mm-hmm. such smart dialogue it's it's a perfect <laughs> it's a perfect blending of sound and moving image and i don't think that any other movie came close to that this year like mm-hmm. creed is so well done and i i can't wait to like buy this thing on blu-ray and watch it 
like five or six times. I need to see it. it. It's so so good because it's, I'm one of those people who was like, okay, seriously, another Rocky movie. But then, you know, I heard like all the stuff you were telling me. I was like, wow, this sounds really good. Yeah, it, yeah. Ryan Coogler, I am super on board with Black Panther, and you know, I feel like anyone involved with Creed or yeah anyone involved with creed like that movie was a hit yeah so don't feel too bad if you didn't get nominated for oscars it got audiences and that's what i think is ultimately going to matter and i think when the dust settles from all of this creed's going to be one of those ones that's in the conversation that's remembered from this year and the revenant is not (laughs) um and i think some of the other ones like spotlight certainly won't be like spotlight i'm going to see and i actually think it's probably going to be a really really good movie Mm -hmm. but i don't think that it's going to be one of the memorable ones i think it's going to be the Martian, um, Star Wars, uh, even though yeah. likely Jurassic World, because uh, people uh, loved that movie, and Creed. I think those are going to be the four that people remember 2015 by. Probably. Um, and I think that legacy is so much more important than Oscars. So yeah. don't even sweat it, Ryan Coogler and crew, because you're definitely listening to this. So yeah. I'm just telling you, it's going to be fine. And Coogler got like a Marvel movie out of this. Yeah. You know? He's going to be fine, y'all. It's, <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, but he just, he, I haven't seen his first movie, but I want to. And he's just shot up so far on my list of like, he's got my money until he disappoints me, man. And yeah. I don't, there's such strength in Creed as a director that I don't see him ever really turning in a bad movie. Like, wow. I'm, I, yeah, he's like immediately one of my favorite directors working today after just seeing one of his movies. Creed's so freaking good. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's a there's a there's a, a scene. It's the second big fight scene of the movie, and it's all one take. Wow. It's so good. The camera work in this movie is crazy. It's so good. Like all the blocking is really good. All the framing, like and shot composition, is so mm-hmm. good. The, the story makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are so like. I mean, talk about living and dying by their triumphs, man. Like, there's some stuff that, like, not to spoil it, anything, I'm not going to, but there's some stuff that happens with Rocky that, like, hit me super hard. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, the, the characterization on his girlfriend, Bianca, she's not just, like, this blank slate there to help creed like win at the end she's fighting her own battle she has her own hopes and her own goals that she's trying to achieve and she's just as much of a fighter as as adonis creed is Mm -hmm. and you know they they turn rocky into it just as much of a fighter as he is rocky becoming like a father to this son he Mm -hmm. like he feels obligated to is so good like thematically the movie just works on every single level man i love this movie it just it just seems from all that i've heard it seems like a very natural progression for the franchise and a healthy a healthy progression because Mm -hmm. it's like new character we're gonna establish but it's like obviously rocky is there but it's like you get to see him in a different capacity and it sounds like it's not, like, a forced thing, but, like, you know, you see him grow. It's like, okay, yeah, he has been, like, Rocky Balboa, the boxer. But then you get to see this other side. You say, like, more of, like, a trainer, a father figure, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and just the theme of legacy, really. 
like plays super heavily into it and for some reason i've been super into that theme lately mm-hmm. i don't know why i don't know what that's about yeah. like i don't know if there's some stuff i need to figure out about myself i don't know what. but like you know it, it's adonis creed trying to figure out where he fits in his father's legacy mm-hmm. and you know they did this really important there's one really important thing that happened between the trailer and the final cut of the movie and that's there's a part where he's talking to Rocky. It's the first time he meets Rocky, and Adonis Creed says, um, "He goes, oh, I heard about a third fight between you and you and Apollo behind closed doors. Who won that one?" And Rocky looks at him like, "What the heck?" And he's like, "How did how how do you know all this?" And in the trailer, he goes, "I'm his son," but in the final cut of the movie, Rocky goes, well, "How do you know all this?" and Adonis Creed goes, he's my father. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, he's not ready to claim that he's the son of Apollo Creed. Yeah. But he's willing to admit, like, because there's no getting around it, that Apollo Creed is his father. Yeah. Just because he's his father doesn't necessarily mean he's Apollo Creed's son. Yeah. So I j- it was just such a smart choice between, like, trailer and final cut of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that little detail mattered. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. And just, like, served the story so well. And the movie is full of stuff like that. Wow. I need to go see Creed. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I need to do. Um, Creed. All right. (laughs) I've I've gushed about Creed enough. No, no. That's awesome. Um, Man, I'm like, I don't feel like I have that much to say about my number one. Because you've already shared some about it. Um, So my number one is The Martian. um, And I... This movie just blew me away. And, I mean, like, going into The Martian, I had some... I had some knowledge, kind of, of what it was about. You know, it's based on, like, the best-selling book. And I had actually had a friend, probably a couple months before, recommend, uh, like, oh, hey, there's this book that I think you might be really into, and you should check it out. And he was telling me the basic premise of it. And he was like, you know, it's kind of like science fiction, but it's more grounded science fiction, but it's really well done and it's funny. And, but it still has a lot of really kind of like serious moments in it. And I think you'd really like it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, like, okay, maybe I'll check it out. And then, you know, when I saw that, like, obviously like there was a movie coming out about it, I was like, what? Um, and so I was really interested to go see the movie, and I remember going to see it and, like, you know, talk about Return to Form for a director. Um, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I just think it's awesome that, like, Ridley Scott handed off some of the things that he's not good at to really, like, you know, shine the light on the things that he, like, that are his strengths. And, like, just how how the camera works in this, how the movie, like, flows um, just, you know, seeing Matt Damon, just, like, how he interacts with everything, like, figure... The storytelling is really, really well done. Yeah. And, like, talk about, like, you know, the length of the film. It's, like, that was something that didn't even really, like, cross my mind until I walked out of there. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that was... That was two and a half hours? Like, I felt engaged the whole time. You know how sometimes when a movie is, like, so overly long where you're just like, oh, man... Like we got 30 minutes left. Like, I yeah. never felt that in The Martian. And I felt all the characters... You know, it's like, it's Matt Damon's movie, but all the other characters still feel very believable. You know, the guys on Earth trying to, like... The, the, the head of NASA who's kind of just trying to say, okay, like, screw him, we just gotta be PC down here and keep everything okay. And, like, how his teammates respond when they find out that they left him. 
Um, and, you know, it's like I wish there would have been a little bit more of that, but just for everything that we saw, it was just so well done. The characters were done so well, and I really loved just... It's it's a career high performance for Matt Damon. Yeah. You know, it's like I I like the Bourne movies. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, I I like those type of movies. But this is like head and shoulders above the Bourne movies or anything else he's done. It he's so good. And it's like oh yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like Castaway in space. But I mean, in the sense that like it's it's like solely him. But it's just it's it's such a good film. Like just the cinematography and like half the stuff I'm like I'm watching it's like gosh that looks so real like that's yeah. what I would you know it's like I could totally believe that's what Mars looked like and you know it's like they're out shooting in like a desert someplace it's like yeah. dang uh so anyway yeah it just blew me away like just all those different things and it was one of those movies like yeah I gotta get that like right when it comes out like it's so good yeah um, and now that we're talking about it, like, the scene where he finds the first Mars rover, like, I was like, what a good idea! Yeah. Like, it's full of so many, like, super clever and smart decisions on his part, and, but they never feel like he's too clever, yeah. you know? It feels completely within his wheelhouse to get to that point. Yeah, it does. And it's like, yeah, he's a smart guy, but I just, I just love the realism of, like, yeah, it feels like he earns those things it feels like oh yeah that would be within his ability and he is a smart guy but you know like when he does stuff of like oh i'm gonna like create like the the farm and stuff in here and he miscalculates like the oh gosh, the chemical yeah. ratios and kind of like blows himself up it's like that stuff is awesome and there's he's just really funny and i like the whole like vlog like way of kind of telling the story and then engaging us and there are a lot of really like just tense moments like you know when there's like the breach and he loses all the oh my gosh it's like uh, so this is such a good such a good film yeah yeah um he he definitely is my vote to get the oscar for that i think he totally deserves it yeah and i i, I it's a movie that i like his performance in even more than um goodwill hunting and oh, i yeah. love him in that movie mm -hmm. i think he's incredible in that movie but this is just he's on another <laughs> level in this movie maybe. yeah he's so good and he like he carries this movie. And he so had well. to. He had to step yeah. up for this. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like you were saying, even the people on Earth, like, I don't remember the character's name, but there was this, the blonde woman who worked at Mission Control. Yeah. I was glued to her. I'd never seen her in anything before ever, but I was mm -hmm. just like, I couldn't take my eyes off her when I was watching it. I was, she's such a good actress in that movie. Yeah. And like, Chiwetel Ejiofor is so good. Yeah, I love him anyway. Mm -hmm. Um... Jeff Daniels is great. Yeah. Sean Bean is great. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone is so good in this movie. Yeah. And it's crazy that, like, you know, Matt Damon certainly, like, carries the movie. Yeah. But the ensemble work, too. Like, it's yes. this crazy, like, mix between someone carrying the movie on their shoulders and a really good, like, ensemble cast. Yeah, that's why it's like, oh, yeah, people are like, it's kind of like Castaway, but it's not exactly, you yeah. know? Yeah. Because even though it's like, it's not always solely on Matt Damon, the times when it cuts away from him, it's not, like, the boring times. Because, yeah. you know, a film like this, it, there could very easily be <laughs> the, like, bring us back to Matt Damon. But when we're on Earth and we're at, like, the place in, like, you know, the the other space research center with the guys trying to develop, like, how do we, how do we get him back? You know, and they're testing all the jet propulsion thing. That's still super engaging. And yeah. I'm like, wow. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as a matter of fact, like, I... One, I never say this about a movie. And two, I certainly never say this about a movie that's two and a half hours long. 
I kind of wish it was a three-hour movie that had a half an hour of stuff with the people who, like, were... Who left. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like they were totally underserved, and I liked all those characters, Yeah, they were all very well cast and yeah. yeah i wish we could have got a little bit more fleshed out about them like you know kind of as they're going back towards earth yeah i think that would have been awesome so yeah it, it's like i said i feel like it just kind of eked out um inside out i mean i loved inside out but I, just the martian all the technical stuff um i just think kind of and the storytelling just kind of like beat it out for yeah. me so yeah, that was my number one. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, since we didn't have anything. Spontaneous top five. Yeah, spontaneous <laughs> top five since we didn't watch anything this week. And uh, we're in the middle of award season conversations. Uh, yeah. I think that would, that was a fun time. But we're going to take a short break and we will be right back to talk about Shattered Glass and Speed Racer. So we'll yeah. be right back. <laughs> So if you listened last week, we've been kind of experimenting with our format, and that's because January and February are kind of dead zones. Yes. As far as film <laughs> releases are concerned. So until March, and likely until Batman, we haven't really talked about it, but probably until Batman, <laughs> yeah. you guys will be getting a, a not necessarily a different format either every week, um, as next week we will be doing the same format with a twist. Yep. But... Um, <laughs> You will be getting like a, um, a variation, a variation of on on the, uh, the format, yeah, yeah, that you know and love. But so this week we did a format we're calling on assignment, where mm-hmm. we chose a movie for the other person to watch, and we assigned them that movie to watch. Yes, and I chose Speed Racer for Corey <laughs> to watch, and Corey chose Shattered Glass for MJ. Which could not be more diametrically opposed <laughs> yes. after having seen both films. Yeah. Like, it's weird because I feel like, before we get into specifics, I feel like the two movies were very similar in terms of you wouldn't necessarily watch that movie Mm-mm. or seek that movie out. Yes. But completely different in that Speed Racer is bananas. Yes. And uh, Shattered Glass <laughs> is very realistic, almost docudrama style. Yes, yes. Of, of a film. So I am so excited to hear what you have to say about Speed Racer. So I want you to go first. Okay. So wh- what did you think of Speed Racer? Gut reaction, I liked it. Yes! Yes. So. yes. <laughs> um, it is... It is crazy. It is bananas. <laughs> I watched, I ended up, uh, I went to go, my wife and I went to go visit my family over the weekend. And Did you watch it with your family? Yes, I did. <laughs> they were like, what the crap is happening? I guess my sisters had actually seen it before, like uh-huh. when it came out in theaters and they hated it. <laughs> and so I was like, hey guys, like, uh, let's watch a movie together. Like after we'd gotten there that evening, and they're like, sure. And I was like, I actually brought one and I pulled it out of my bag and my sister's like, oh, oh no. And I was like, you've seen this before? And it's like, yeah, I we went to go see it. It's horrible. And I was like, well, we're going to watch it tonight. Because <laughs> I have to. Yep. Um... So yeah, I watched it with my family, and I feel like 
My mom, like, she grew up kind of, like, watching some of the Speed Racer cartoons, so she was kind of into it. She was like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that. And then I feel about, like, 20 minutes in, she, like, kind of checked out and was, like, (laughs) ambivalent to it. And then my sisters didn't really like it. Um, Hannah was kind of like, okay, I I get what they're doing, but I'm kind of over it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how Kristen was. Um... And yeah, it's definitely, it's crazy, it's, it's like watching like a live action cartoon. It's so good. But it, like, I, I, I was looking specifically for what you were talking about, like, you know, with like the, the camera they invented and like in the races, and I saw what you were talking about, like how the cars always stay in focus when they're moving, and it, it just kind of adds this very interesting, unique aesthetic mm-hmm. that like I... It looks really cool. Yeah, it's really sweet. Um... And I liked a lot of the kind of, like, you know, the live-action characters kind of superimposed on, like, those backgrounds at times where it was very much, like, reminiscent of, like, oh, yeah, like a cartoon. Yeah. And I liked that. I could see how that could be a huge turnoff to a lot of people. It was really polarizing when it came out. Yes. um, Very, (laughs) um, very, like, the juxtaposition between that is just, it's, yeah, you're either going to hate it or love it. Um, Very colorful. um, Yeah. At times, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this, like, could give people seizures. Like, just <laughs> how much is going on and, like, how bright and loud it is. But I really loved it. I thought it was cool. <clears throat> Ugh, excuse me. I thought it was really cool just to see all the stuff, like, the Mach 5 could do. I thought it did a good job of catching us up to, like, who are these characters? And telling us, like, kind of what are their motivations. And I like that. Um... Yeah, and it was just a fun movie. I feel like, though, I got done watching it, and I was like, my gut reaction is I like it, but I feel sensory overload, and I Fair need enough. and I need to go watch it again. And so that was kind of, like, my initial reaction. I was like, I know I liked it. I love the music. The music was really so good. Yes. good. And I love kind of how, at different points, he would weave in the, the speed racer theme mm-hmm. into it, and it's like, oh, man, that's so good. I love that. Um yeah. So yeah, so that so initial reactions. We'll come back to stuff, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. I want to see it again. Okay, cool. So what about you? I'm super excited. A movie starring Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Um, um, got a reaction to that. Uh, headed into it, I was you're like trying the- to be open minded, but I was real cynical. Like I, I also went to go visit friend, some friends. And we didn't watch the movie with them yeah. uh, because I forgot to bring it. I, I probably should have because it would have been really interesting to watch it with, with the, the, yeah, the friends I went to see. But um, we were talking about the movie and... I had was he seen it? To, uh, he hadn't. Oh. I was, he, he hadn't even heard of the movie, um, which is understandable because I feel like no one's heard of that movie. And... Uh, which is crazy because it's I feel like it's completely overlooked. But we'll get into yeah, that yeah. in a second. Um I was talking to Slade, and I was like, yeah, it's this movie with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> and Slade looked at me like, why would Corey do that to you? And I I was like, and by all accounts, he's pretty good in this movie? And Slade just went, I don't believe that. Like, it's like your mind can't process. Like, it yeah. feels weird to say that sentence. Yes. Yeah. Um, Hayden Christensen is so good in this movie. I know, it's like, oh man, like, what happened in the prequels, like, I, I don't understand. 
like, I feel like if he's not in the prequels and this is his, like, kind of coming out party yeah. as far as a uh, movie goes, you'd be like, this guy's one of the next, like, great yeah. character actors. Like, yep. this guy... You see that you see that performance, and you see him do that with no knowledge of him being Anakin, yep, or anything like that. And you're like, this guy is going to be, like, was he a theater actor before this, yeah. or what? Like, this guy's going to be like one of those dudes who is in these really like intense ensemble dramas, and these he does in between movies, he does a lot of Broadway. Yeah, that's the vibe you get from Hayden Christensen in this movie. Yeah, that is not a vibe <laughs> I ever expected to get from Hayden Christensen. But I feel like I'm hanging up on one specific thing too much. The movie itself is really, really good. Structurally, it's a little confusing. I mm-hmm. wish they would have given us a little bit more as far as the structure goes. It's really tight. Yeah. So it's it's only 94 minutes. So yeah. it's it, it's kind of breakneck. Yeah. Um. There's almost like I kind of almost wish that was a little bit longer just to really get into. Um, what this guy did, because that overarching story (laughs) is so crazy, because it's about Stephen Glass, who fabricated 27 of the 41 articles he wrote for the New Republic. In a top-tier, like, magazine. Yes. Yeah, it's like, what? Yes. And so it, it, it's just, like, crazy to think that that even happened. Yeah. And, like, watching him game the system and... I think one of the things that that led really well to Hayden Christensen's performance was um, he's a very arrogant guy. He's <laughs> yeah. very charming, but very arrogant, and no one seems to be able to recognize arrogance around him, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, but so. yeah, you can tell like most of the time he'll lie just to get away with a lie. Yeah. Like he's it's so compulsive and like pathological for him, and like. That character's so interesting. It's such an interesting character. And the script sizzles, man. Yeah. Like the script yep. is really, really good. The characters are, are great. Um, Peter Sarsgaard is... Dang, he's good. ...so good in this movie. He completely earned the nomination he got <laughs> for it. Um, the scene where Sarsgaard finally puts together, like, okay, I think Steven is lying about this hacker story. Yeah. And he makes him take him to all the buildings, and he just explodes on him when he realizes yeah. the lie. Like, it's it's a firecracker, <laughs> man. It's so good. It's so good. And then, <clears throat> basically, from that point forward, Peter Sarsgaard is on fire. Yeah. Like, the whole movie, I was like, okay, like he's good, but he's Peter Sarsgaard, so he's just kind of good in everything. And yep. then from the point in front of the cafe to the end of the movie, it's just a next level performance. Yeah. Like, and so it, it like makes that first half go like feel a lot better because it's just like, you can tell it was just kind of boiling underneath the whole time. And yeah. just kind of like, it's just kind of like this pressure cooker that just explodes in the last half hour. And I really, really liked that. The structure is a little weird yeah. because it's structured <clears throat> as him t- telling this high school yeah. class. It's Stephen Glass is telling this high school class that of the high school he graduated from <clears throat> um, about the fact that he works with the New Republican stuff. And he's relaying the story. But in the middle of the story, he's relaying the fact that he's a fraud. Mm-hmm. And the movie ends with the class giving him a round of applause. And then you find out he's not actually talking yeah, to the class. class he's imagining it yep and so it's like 
I kind of get that because it, it, it's kind of <laughs> this like unreliable narrator yeah. device that they used, which I like. But I was also very confused. Yeah. Um, by the way, that uh, some of the narration was written really confusingly. Like it seemed like almost tacked on. Yeah. And so I had to like pause it a couple of times and be like, okay, like what? So is he lying about this? That doesn't make sense to lie about because then they just showed us it was a lie. Yeah. Like I don't understand. And it turned out I was just confused about some of the facts. Yeah. And uh, so. Yeah, but the lengths this guy went through was crazy. I know. Oh, um, man. And what I will also say, yeah. I told you before we started recording, this is the first movie in like half a decade I've actually watched the special features on. There's yep. only one, and it's a 60 Minutes interview with Yeah. Me. And, <laughs> man, that guy is so untrustworthy yeah like, immediately it's uncomfortable to watch that interview yeah it is <laughs> it is and you also get a sense of like how well hayden christensen did because yes. he sounds exactly like him yep and like his the way he like carries him yeah like, like his, the manner yeah yeah his mannerisms are so specific to stephen glass yeah and you know even they give him this weird qu- character quirk that was really annoying, but I really liked how annoying it was. And that's a weird thing to say, but the character itself is like kind of annoying. Yeah. And <laughs> so whenever someone talks to him, he's like, are you mad at me? And it's like, what the hell, man? Yeah. It's like, like, chill out. You're immediately suspicious when you do that. Are you mad at me? Is there something I did wrong? I, yeah, oh, man. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's like my initial reaction to, to Shatterglass. I, I did like it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm so glad you liked it. I'm uh, so glad you like Speed Racer. Uh, okay, so specifics. Yes, now. specifics about Speed Racer. What what did you like um, the most? What did you? What were you like? All right. Yeah. About? Um, I liked. <clears throat> I liked a lot of the the action in it. Mm. Um, I thought the races were really sweet. Um, yeah, they were. You know, I think what the movie has like kind of three big races: the one at the beginning, the Cossack desert race, Christian. yeah, and then the, the Grand, Prix. Grand Prix. And I thought the races were super sweet. Yeah. I loved watching them. There was so much going on. The camera thing that you had mentioned about like how the cars are always in focus. I think that's really cool. Um, just the sh- the scenes are shot so well, like just yeah. of like how how the car moves and the action, what's going on, and so I really love that about um, and the track design is super. Yeah, cool. that's really tight too. There's some of the tracks where it's like, man, that looks like a kind of like it would be like a track out of a video game or yeah. like a Mario Kart track. It's like that's so sweet. Um, so I really loved that aspect of the movie, all the action sequences and stuff. Um, I did like the characters, and I feel like particularly like speed. Racer X, and then, like, Pops. I mm-hmm. felt like the arcs that they all went through, just even how, like, kind of... And the storytelling is kind of weird. Like, I know you had mentioned, and we were talking about structure, it does kind of jump a couple times where yeah. it's like, okay, so past, now we're back in the present, we're driving, okay, now we're shifting back to the past. Um, and it's, like, kind of, like, once you figure it out, like, okay, where we are, it's like, that was fine with me. It wasn't, like, a... yeah. It wasn't, like, a big deal breaker. I like that. Um, I like that you got to see, like, the scene with, like, Pops and Rex and kind of, like, not really knowing fully, like, what had happened there. And then the movie goes on to explain that. And then you see that same scene. Like, literally, like, it's set up the exact same way with Pops and Speed. And then you get to see kind of, like, how they have grown as characters and how Pop kind of is, like, 
you know, he's completely different in how he handles speed and, like, admits that he was wrong with Rex. Like, so all that type of stuff, like, the character arcs were really good, I yeah. thought. Um, one kind of, like, weird, random, annoying thing is my sister, one of my sisters, is really into, like, a lot of different, like, world music. She really loves, like, K-pop. Okay. And so... Oh, Rain! Rain is in this movie, and he's also in... Ninja Assassin, yes. the other movie that they did, which I heard is horrible. Yeah, so she loved, she loves Rain, and so that was actually the only reason they went to go see this movie. I know several people who that they yeah they only went to go see it because um, it was Rain's first movie. And so since so she gave me a whole bunch of, and I've been like you know growing up like she loved K-pop and Rain and all that stuff. So I've been hearing about them for a while. So she. With all the information I got from her, she was like, "Oh, this was the first English movie that he was in," and. Man, I, I feel like I busted up every time he spoke because there's some lines that are, like, so, like, unintelligible. And it's like he's kind of a minor character, but he's kind of important. Yeah. Like, he has, like, the information to kind of, like, expose the big company. And so it's like you kind of need to understand what he's saying. But just, like, some of the scenes when, like, he's talking to Speed and Race Rex about, like he didn't protect me well or whatever like his his accent is just like so thick it's like you can barely understand them just like man maybe like we shouldn't have had some more time working on that or like <laughs> reduced his dialogue or whatever but i just i mean like he's fine i just thought it was kind of like funny yeah. um but yeah she she was really in terrain um um yeah so action the character beats were really good the music that's the other thing i want to talk about the music i thought was really good um it fit, um, like I said, I feel like the movie is a lot of sensory overload, and it is kind of like the Saturday morning cartoon, like, mm -hmm. in real life. Um, but the move, like, the music fits. It's very, like, frenetic at times. I really love how they kind of reprise, like, the Speed Racer theme, but then kind of do variations on it. Yeah. It's just really good. Like, when the cars are going fast, and it's, like, pulsing, it's there pulsing with you, too, um... It's just, it's just great. And then, like, at times when it's kind of, it needs to be more lighthearted and humorous. Like, there's that one fun action sequence when they're up in, like, the mountains in the Grand Prix. And it's oh, yeah. doing all the kind of, like, I don't even know what that is. Like, kind of, like, it'll be, like, it'll zoom in really tight. It'll be kind of, like, cartoonish and, like, with the pow and the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, the music, there's, like, the accents for, like, when... Ugh, it's just super funny. So, but the music fits so well right yeah. there. Um, so yeah, overall the music, I thought the score was really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think about that opening 15 minutes where you like, where it's like the first big race that's kind of your intro to speed and then you kind of intercut it with, with Racer X. Yeah. Rex. Like the story so far, basically. I thought that was a good, like catch, catch you up to speed, get you up to speed. Um, and I... Oh, that was on purpose. Yeah, that was on purpose. I thought you were going to catch that. <laughs> well, but... I mean, like, on the filmmakers. Like, I feel like that was, like, their that was their whole uh, philosophy. Get you it, up to yeah, speed. Yeah, like, get you up to speed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, thought, I thought it was... I thought that was well done. It's my favorite and, part of the whole movie. And, I mean, like, I know... Like I said, I had previous history with Speed Racer, so mm -hmm. I kind of knew this stuff. But I felt like if you didn't know anything, that would have done a really good job of, like... Okay, they were brothers, and you kind of get a little bit of the history of the Mach Five, and he gave it. He gives he gives the Mach Five to him, and you ultimately see what happens to you know um, Rex, right? Yeah. And then you know like Racer X, and and then even just like how Speed is like 
he's going to break the record and then at the last second he kind of pulls back just to be like oh i know i could have done it but like kind of like honoring his brother he doesn't Mm -hmm. and so it's like you you get everything out of that like okay like i know where the racer family stands in terms of their relationships i know how speed views his brother and then like we're ready to like move on to the story yeah yeah i thought it was really well done yeah i thought it was a good like almost overture for yeah. everything yeah um while still like having a visual component yes uh two, two other specific things i want to ask you about <clears throat> one um what did you think of the scene with the ninjas Oh, that was fun. <laughs> and kind of crazy. It's super... I love it just for the interaction between mm-hmm. Pops and Trixie where she's like, is that a ninja? And he's just like, oh, more like a ninja. Yeah. Um, <laughs> John Goodman. Like. John Goodman's so good. I love John Goodman so much. And then uh, two... Um, what did you think of when he wins Casa Cristo? And it does the opening credit, him jump out of the car and land. Yeah. All, like, yeah. anime. Like, yeah, ex- I caught exactly that. I like caught the that. opening credits. Yeah, I caught that. Because, like, in the animated thing, like, how he jumps out of the car and he has that pose. I was like, oh. And he had the exact same outfit on and everything. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool. I also thought that was cool. I was like, like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, man, I love that movie so much. Um, <clears throat> but I could see how this movie, <clears throat> overall... Um, is very polarizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I also really like Speed's motivation. Yeah. In the movie, like, he's not in it to win. He just needs to race. Yeah. I like that. Like, I like that that's his motivation. He's just like, I just, everything makes sense when I'm doing this. Yeah, and it's not about the whole corporate stuff and making money. And it's just like, it's what he's good at. And it's like, what he's, it's like you said, it's like, it makes sense. Everything makes sense when I'm racing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I really, man, I love that movie. So, like I said, I, I liked it. I want to see it again. Yeah. Like I said, it's just very, a lot of stuff. It's it, a dense script, too. Yeah, it like, is. There's and a it's lot like, going on. You know, it's like you had told me, it's like, it does move very fast. And so, there was kind of like, you know, because I was watching with other people and there was comments and stuff. It's like, I felt like. I was trying to, like, really focus on it, and at times it's, like, I'd react to what other people were saying, and so it's, like, I want to... <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things, like, even if you, like, turn and, like, talk to someone, it's, like, you might miss something. Yeah. There are, like, some of the weird stuff with, like, Chim Chim and, uh... Spridle. Spridle, where it's yeah. just, like, oh, that's kind of weird, but, I mean, like, it's a Saturday morning cartoon-ish brought to the screen, so it's, like, that, that was fine with me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, they're, like, kind of annoying, but also they're kind of forgivable at the same time. Yeah. So. It's not, like, a huge detriment to the film. Yeah. 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 And, like, the kid looked like he was having fun. Yeah. Like, um, you know, at least the kid, like, has a personality. <clears throat> yeah. You know? It, he fit the character. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Specifics on Shattered Glass yeah. for me. The performances are what stand out the most. You know, yeah. like I said, Hayden Christensen. <laughs> You didn't ever think you'd be saying this. He's so good in this movie, man. <laughs> He's so good. And, like, I totally understood what you said when you were like, it's almost the fact that you hate him in the prequels kind of, like, helps this performance. Because you're not supposed to necessarily like this guy. Yeah. And so, I didn't really like this guy. <clears throat> and I was kind of like, it kind of felt therapeutic from the prequels yeah like, it, it carry it, over that residual hate to a character you're actually supposed to hate but it's it just 
he he works so well. I feel like in that role, and like he's just written, like the character is written so well that yeah. like he's just so good at manipulating people. And it's like the only person who even that doesn't really like work on is like Peter Sarsgaard's character. And like yeah. obviously and like Steve's on. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of see through that, but especially like since everyone tends to gang up on like Peter Sarsgaard after he, after he becomes the editor, um, it's just like. <clears throat> it's just like yeah you kind of want you don't want to like steven but it's like he's able to charm all the other people around him and it's just like oh yeah and i'm gonna go to law school it's like well why are you here steven you should go to law school well i can't because i have to do all these other things it's just like oh man but also <laughs> it, it you like him when he wants you to like him too. yeah like every scene with him in the meeting he's super charming and likable yeah. Even though you don't like the character, when those scenes happen, I was kind of looking forward to every time they were in the like boardroom pitching yeah, stories. Yeah, pitching stories. Because he was re- he told the stories in a really entertaining manner. Yeah. Mainly because he had to because he was making them up, but also <laughs> because uh, he knew when to turn that charm on. Yeah. You know, he was very calculated, and the way Hayden Christensen plays it is he's a very calculated guy. Yeah. But kind of only when he wants to be. And he only lies when he wants to lie. It's it's interesting the way he chooses his lies. Because he only chooses his lies that will gain him uh, kind of politically in, mm-hmm. in the structure of the New Republic. He doesn't lie about his personal life a whole lot. Yeah. There's only really mm-hmm. one time where he lies about his personal life. Which is when he's talking about how like people think he's gay. Yeah. And even that is kind of open-ended like... I'm pretty sure it was a lie, but they never tell you yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah. And he, like, he talks, he's talking to Melanie Linsky's character, and he's saying that, like, some guy, like, shoved his tongue down his throat or something. Yeah. And, like, to me, that played very obviously like a lie, but the movie, yeah. like, never tells you. Yeah. So it could be that. It doesn't really Like, that could have yeah. actually happened, because none of the other stuff, like, he doesn't lie about going to law school. Yeah. He went and got his law degree yeah. afterwards. He didn't get uh, accepted into the bar in New York or California after mm-hmm. that happened. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, he he passed. Uh, he graduated from Georgetown with a law degree after the events of this movie. Yep. Um, so the and the way Hayden Christensen plays him, like it's it's like a whole new actor, man. Because he like I know. he like knows when to make those choices, which is not something I'm, I'm not used to him like knowing how to act. So that's weird. Peter Sarsgaard's incredible. Like I said, he's just like this pressure cooker guy who's just like you totally helicopter. You totally yeah. understand where he's coming from. Of, like, being the new boss. Like, yeah. Hank Azaria's character was so well-loved. Michael Kelly, he's so well-loved. And Chuck is... He's liked around the office. Like, people... Yeah. People respect him in that he, they're like, oh, yeah, he's a good writer. Yeah. But he's not a boss. Like, yeah. several characters say basically that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> there's all this pressure on him to, like, live up to this, like, truly great editor that Michael Kelly mm-hmm. was painted as. And, you know... It's hard to do that when you're in a place of power and, like, the people below you don't respect you. Yeah. And a lot of the people don't respect him. So he's just, like, really frustrated because there's pressure from Marty, the guy who, like, own, owns yeah. the Republic or whatever, to, like... Start doing, like, photographs mm-hmm. and... And then there's pressure from the bottom, too, where no one really respects him and the seat he's in. Yeah. So he, like, it's no wonder he explodes on people. And then he chooses to go after Steven, which is kind of like everybody wants to protect him because yeah. he's, like, man, like Steven's manipulated everybody, like, 
to be like his like human shield like yeah it's crazy yeah it's like it's crazy that that happened um what did you think particularly about like kind of like the ending finale scene when they're in like the newsroom and he has like all the articles and he's just like is this one a lot like you know and he's like slamming them down on the table oh yeah i thought that was so good like that was like a stage play to me it felt like yeah um and i i've really been liking those movies like steve jobs felt like a, a stage play and that was probably in my somewhere in my top 10 yeah um yeah i i really really liked the scenes that were basically just them going toe-to-toe yeah because it was like steven putting up lie after lie after lie and chuck just being like no 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 no." like tell me the truth yeah yeah just like seeing through all of it and calling him on it it's just like that's bull what is the truth yeah that that scene when he takes him to the cafe and like steven's caught in like a dead lie and he's just like but i came here i swear to you and if it was if it was 259 chuck they would bring me my lunch or whatever like it's just so it's like both of these people at like their extremes of like trying to to win this battle it's just oh my gosh and then I really like the scene where he confronts, I don't know the character's name, but the woman who was like kind of his, Stephen's girlfriend. The blonde. Yeah, the yeah. blonde woman. She, uh, it, it, the implication I don't really know is that she was his girlfriend for a period of time and then they stopped dating, but they remained friendly. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got. I don't think they ever addressed that in the movie. Yeah. But the scene where she's walking into the building and she sees Peter Sarsgaard and she's like, what did you do to Steven? And he's like, I fired him. Like, he's yeah. just like at his wits end. Yeah. And he just like unloads on her too. And he like, that seems <laughs> so good. That yeah, was actually probably yeah, my favorite is. scene with him. That is in, a really good scene. In the whole movie. And he's just like, go look for yourself, man. Like, look through every single yeah, it's like he, Yeah, he like, he fooled us. Yeah. I really, really like that scene. Um... Like I said, I would have liked for it to be maybe a two-hour movie because I would have liked to have seen some of the court proceedings. Yeah. Um, however, I know that's kind of not the point. It's more like the internal dealings of the office yeah. dealing with that. And I liked the way it ended um, with everyone signing the apology letter. Yeah. That they had to write to, you know, to the fact that they had been duped. And I liked that, you know, it ended with everyone kind of with shattered glass yeah. basically like you know people kind of broke free of his manipulation yeah and they were able to achieve autonomy as their own journalism or yeah. as their own journalist yeah um within that and, and they were able to see through it all finally and they were willing to like support chuck in his decision which is not something that you would have really necessarily thought they would do yeah and so i like that it like all worked out for chuck's character yeah um because he deserved it like you know he was a good reporter and he stuck by his guns he stood up for what was right he stood up for yeah. truth he stood up for journalistic ethics yeah you know and he was rewarded for that and i liked that a lot i liked his whole arc yeah did you like the uh kind of i had mentioned to you like off mic last time did you like the setting that it was kind of at like the genesis of like the internet being like a prominent thing yeah and like uh, how like you know his story with like juked my chronics and everything like just how that whole kind of thread played into it yeah i did like that and i also liked how the big pressure came from the fact that the other magazine was going to go online with their story yeah and that was like glass knew he was screwed yep because he was like if he basically realized Mm -hmm. early on like if this crap gets online 
it's there forever and everyone can read it yeah and it's like and i can't make up a lie to kind of cover myself because it's out there for everybody yeah yeah Yeah. um i like that i think they could have actually played into that a little bit more Mm -hmm. um you know it didn't really get the full impact of it until kind of the very end when it's showing the text that like the that magazine went online with yeah with it and i was like oh dang yeah they were going online with it so yeah i think they could have played it a little bit more i like that it was in there at least enough yeah but i also liked that it was one of those things where people didn't really know how a computer worked so he was able to make the juked Micronics website yeah <laughs> but then he like was kind of dumb about it because yeah. they really knew how that worked and so he like set it up as an aol member site yeah and really the only person who knew was the editor from the other magazine who was like Wait, why the heck would this be, like, an AOL members-only website if it's a huge multinational corporation? Yeah. And he was like, you know, this looks like a fake website to me. And then Peter Sarsgaard is even like, can you do that? Like, yeah. it's just not <laughs> even in his brain that someone could fake a website. Yeah. I liked that part of it. Like, it's very much at the beginning of technology. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of funny how somebody has a line in there. It might be Chuck, Peter Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard's character who says like all this could have been avoided if we had started using photographs in the magazine oh it's the secretary yeah the secretary tells it to him and he's just like "Mm." (laughs) yeah it's just like oh (laughs) yeah and I hadn't even thought about that I liked that a lot because I like that it paid that that first conversation off yeah one thing that kind of this is super nitpicking I'm sorry no no but uh (laughs) It's after he explodes on him outside the cafe and they go back to the uh, office and the blonde woman goes in to talk to Chuck and Chuck's like, send Steven in here. And she's like, I'm not doing that. And she's like protecting him. Yeah. She's like, he's in pieces out there, um, which I just realized shattered glass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You're just going to fire him. And like, he doesn't want, he's too afraid to face you right now. He's like too ashamed and afraid to face you. And she's just like buying into this manipulation. Yeah. And uh, he's so good. uh, That part was fine. But then what happens after is Chuck goes to Stephen's office. Yeah. And Stephen starts talking to him with everyone around him. And Chuck goes, hey, can I talk to you in private? And private is directly outside the door in the pool of cubicles. Yeah. (laughs) That is the rest of the office. And I was like, so private is in front of more people than you actually were. And... They're doing it right in front of the door to Steven's office. But earlier in the movie, there was a scene where everyone heard a phone conversation that Michael Kelly was having on the phone with Oh, Marty. yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, the, those walls are paper thin. Yeah. So you're doing this so much more publicly than if you would have just handled this in Steven's office. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, whatever movie. <laughs> but that's really nitpicky and dumb. But it was just one of those things where I was like, all right, I guess. Yeah. Um, I like that it kind of, like, it was kind of handheld. And so it looked like a documentary sometimes. Yeah, um, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I, I really love this movie. Yeah, so I'm gl- <laughs> I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, it makes me it made me want to watch Spotlight because yeah. it's journalism mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know if you saw it or not, but Mm-mm, I haven't um, seen it. It's coming out this month on Blu-ray, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. It's deals with uh, journalistic ethics in. A much different light yeah. than this does because it's about the team who exposed the Catholic Church abuse of children yeah. in Boston. And um, so 
that's more about like journalistic ethics in the good way like when you should stand up for something yeah and, like take a stance and be editorial about that kind of yeah. stuff so yeah I, i'd like to like I, i'd like to watch that pretty soon on the heels of this one just to sort of get both sides of the coin but yeah shattered glass is really good and i could see it being a play yeah I could really see the movie, like, working really well as a play. Yeah. Um, especially if you fleshed it out to, like, two hours and added some stuff. I mm-hmm. think, yeah. I feel like it was kind of a, it was, like, a sleeper hit whenever it came out. Yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. it got really good reviews. Yeah, and it got attention, like, awards attention. I just, it just has kind of gotten lost in the fray. Yeah. Which is, I guess, kind of sad for Hayden Christensen, because he's so good in this movie yeah he really is he really is i can't believe i'm saying that i know it's really weird especially on the heels of like having just watched all the star wars movies and he's talking like, about he's like a now. different guy yeah it's it is like a different person it's like see like his scenes with peter sarsgaard are so like you're not the same actor right now what's going on no man no and it's weird because he's like he's still pretty whiny <laughs> Um, but it fits this character. But it fits the character a lot better. Yeah. Um, and he plays it a lot better. Yeah. He he like knows how to whine in this movie, where he doesn't really know how to whine. Like, I yeah, I feel like he makes very whether it's like the director or it's Hayden Christensen himself. Like he makes very conscious choices about how he chooses to do things in this film. Yeah, and I like that he gives Steven, like, a nervous tick when he knows he's about to get caught. He, yeah. like, moves his mouth all weird. Yeah. It's really distracting and annoying, <laughs> but also you kind of get, like, oh, he knows he's in for it, so he's just super nervous. Yeah. Like, that's... Anakin Skywalker performance does not make that choice. Of, no. Like, oh, Anakin's nervous, so I'm going to give him a tick. Yeah. What? Like... <laughs> uh, man, well, I'm glad you love this movie. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad I'm... I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad you liked uh, Speed Racer. I'm really glad you liked Speed Racer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I think, will wrap us up. Yeah, for, I think so. For this week. So next week we'll be back with a very special episode. Yes. And this format is returning next week, however... With a twist. With a twist. And uh, not to fully disclose what that format is, but our lovely wives, yes. both of our lovely wives... Uh, well, Hannah, your wife, and, and Kristen, Kristen, yeah, my wife, will be joining us next week to uh, <laughs> be on assignment with us. Yes. So that's, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And it's because Valentine's is coming up. Yay. And, uh, yeah. So we will be doing that uh, in the meantime. Do you yeah. want to tell everyone where you can find us? Yes. You can find us on Facebook. Um, you know, just look for the before and after show. Um, like us there. You can comment on SoundCloud. Uh, you can email the show at beforeandaftershow at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. If you've seen Shattered Glass, please let us know. Or if you've seen Speed Racer, please let us know. I feel like these are criminally, like, underseen films. I do too. And so just to hear anyone who's even been like, I've seen these films, is like, I get excited. Yeah. So please tell us. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, you can tweet us at before and after. Pod. pod yep at yep. before and after pod that's at before the letter n mm. after pod. pod and did i get all of them i think i got all i of think them. so um so yeah please let us know what you think i really want to hear people's thoughts about this um you know is hayden christensen a good actor what do you think um you know is it sacrilege that we're even like saying those things in the same sentence i don't know <laughs> tell us <laughs> yeah let us know let us know yeah and so i guess until next time uh go watch 
Something Underseen. Yes. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs>